How are you doing? I'm so dead. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I don't know how I'm standing here. Well, I got this coffee that I hope from two hours ago I bought is still warm. It's already dark over there. Yeah, it's five o'clock, bro. Sunny. All right. <clears throat> Ooh, this is sunny. Welcome to December 14th of the NBA show. I'm joined here by Jackson, and I am still awake for the last 34 hours, going on 36, something like that. But let's power through this episode, and I'll go to sleep. I don't even know if I want to eat. My dad wants me to stop by his place to eat, and I just don't even want to. I'm just stopping by his place and then going to sleep. Let's I get right into this. I do the same tonight because I I woke up at one today, and yeah. I gotta be up early on Friday. I might pull an all nighter. That's good for you, bud. That's good for you. Who the hell wakes up at 1? PM? Degens. Yeah. Oh, no. Just degenerates like you, bro. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about... Ooh. I'm doing this all off my MacBook. Way harder than it is than on the iMac. And let's get right into it. The best three-point shooting team in the league is... Did I literally... I just queued this window up. Fuck you mean this window doesn't exist. I hate I hate producing these on my MacBook. Well, I just found a picture of who cares? We're talking about the Boston Celtics and how they're the number one three point shooting team in the league. And sorry if it's just a little out of whack. That's just me being like mentally actually out of it. So let's get right into it. You guys are gonna literally watch me click this picture of choice. Boom. I think he picked the wrong team. Who, Blake Griffin? Yeah. What do you mean? Should be in a Laker jersey. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. Also, they're saying Russell Westbrook, if he gets bought out, he'll go to the Miami Heat. Thoughts on that? Why is he getting bought out? If he gets traded. Uh, That's what they're saying. So let's talk about what's going on with the the Celtics. They're on pace to be the greatest three-point shooting team of all time. Like, they take the most attempts. They're the most accurate. Every shooting stat that there is out there, the Celtics are basically number one. What's your thoughts on the shooting display? You don't buy it? This is all just stuff that M.A. Udoka – M.A. Udoka put this into place last year with the ball movement and looking for the the best shot. And Joe Mazzula just carried that over. I mean, obviously, Mazzula's doing a great job, and I don't want to take anything away from him, but I also don't want to take anything away from M.A. Udoka. So, I mean, they're 20 and 21 after the first half. I don't – yeah, they're the best offense for the time being. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, the Lakers should have won last night. And they should have handed the Celtics their third straight loss. But a uh, cat named Anthony Davis, again, decided to uh, – Oh, no, that game – The reason and... why the Boston Celtics won that game was because Jason Tatum at the end. I mean, obviously, no. You know, the reason why they lost that game Anthony was, yes, Anthony throws. Davis free throws. But, no, it goes down to free throws. Nobody yeah. – this is another thing that I – the Athletics said it best was this is a team – look at their – Literally outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis and a little bit of Russell Westbrook, nobody generates free throw lines. Nobody, I mean, free throw attempts. Nobody goes to the free throw line on this team. Yeah. Are you, Lonnie Walker yeah. a little bit, but I mean, 
the Celtics are a great team. I, I don't I, I think the Bucks are better, right? I think the Bucks will be better. Right now it's Boston. I think Boston has a great chance at getting back to the finals. They're probably my finals pick if I had to make it right now, but I know Chris just got back. Yeah, they're a great team. I think, like, Robert, they're the other 14th. I think last time I checked, best defense in the league, and that's bad for their standards, and that's them being the 14th best defense without Robert Williams. So, for me, I think that's just – they're the team to beat. They're everything you want out of a contender right now, and I'm enjoying all of it. I wasn't able to watch last night's games live. I watched, you know, highlights and listened to some – Recaps of the game from beat writers. So I got an idea of the game, but no, it's looking like I Jason Tatum. It's Jason Tatum versus Zion Williamson right now in my mind for the MVP race. Is that preposterous? No, oh, I, th- I think well, Tatum. Yeah, Tatum's still my MVP. But could you see those two being like the finale finalist, like the five? I can see why you would think that, but no, I don't think Zion wins MVP. I don't think he wins MVP either, but do you think he could come in, like, top five? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Especially right now. I think this is Jason Tatum's trophy to lose at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like, through the first quarter of the NBA season, and it's the the other thing is is he's one of, like, the best mid-range assassins in the game. And I feel like when you really take that leap into superstardom is everyone calls it a three-level score, but it's really where in the clutch, shoot over LeBron James, hand in your face. Like, it wasn't bad LeBron James defense. No, no, this was like LeBron James trying defense. And mid-range shot, inefficient shot in today's basketball. He hit it over LeBron. And I think that those are the type of shots you start to see more often when a guy – takes that leap from last year, all NBA player, you would say, to like right now MVP caliber. While we have over here Jalen Brown, who went from being borderline all-star to now all NBA caliber player as well. And then you got Malcolm Brogdon, like the best three-point shooter in the league. And then Sam Hauser, I think he's in third place. Yeah. It'll it'll falter a little bit. I mean, there's only been a – there hasn't been too many teams to shoot 40% from downtown in a whole season, and if they do that, that'd be so impressive. I think regardless, they'll be right around it, even if they don't get get there. I don't think they're uh, – maybe last night got them back up, but I believe they were, like, down to 39 heading into the game. I don't have the stat on me, but, yeah, they're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. And yeah, Tatum no, made I a think, huge shot. Lakers still think- lost the game, but – and I yeah. think the, the reason why people aren't buying into this team yet is due to the fact that Robert Williams isn't here. But I just think, like, what's the best offense? Defense. I don't know. I don't know why people wouldn't be bought into the Boston Celtics, even without Robert Williams being back. Because they're calling them, like, the Phoenix Suns. Um, they, they lost just dom- yeah, and that they're dominating the. I mean, if they played season. any other team, they would have won the finals. Any other team in the league. I mean, if Jason Tatum maybe made, you know, made 40% of his shots, at least. Like, not even not even like 45, like at least like 40%, like yeah. 40%. Maybe. I don't think they would have beaten the Golden State Warriors, but yeah. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, 
CJ Holmes, the beat writer for the Golden State Warriors. He's a journalist for the San, Fran San Francisco Chronicles. And he went in the locker room last night after the, the loss to not yeah, they lost the loss to Utah. And he said Milwaukee. Oddly enough, huh? Milwaukee. It was Milwaukee last night? No, it was Utah. No. It was Milwaukee? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Dude, I'm on brains. I drove 16 hours today, and I still have not slept. It's been like 36 hours. Fuck you. I'm kidding. Um, but no, so he said he, there's no sense of pa panic yeah. in the locker room. Yeah. And I made a video, and I was like, of course there isn't. Because people don't realize this for the first quarter of the season is when you can get away with doing the most experimental shit. We've seen so many contenders, <clears throat> the Milwaukee Bucks, people the year they won the championship, people were like the first quarter of the year, people were like, what the hell is Mike Buttonholzer doing? And he was testing out all these weird rotations and lineups because he knew come playoff time, he had to have tape to rely on. So when they go up in matchups that and pull out lineups that they haven't used since the first 20 games of the season. How does the, which of those lineups work? And I think that's what we're seeing right now here in Golden State. We're actually, Jonathan Kaminga has turned out to be the best of the young guys now. And Moses Moody's the one who's starting to get phased out with James Wiseman. James Wiseman's had a few string of good games in the G League. Still not what you want. Dante DiVincenzo is rebounding defense and even his passing acumen is really nice. I think Jamichael Green should be put in consideration being the backup center to Kevon Looney and Draymond Green getting a few. I think he should get more minutes. Anthony Lamb, his minutes are weird because he's going to be on two-way, but like still I don't what, – what are your thoughts on here? Why aren't they panicking? I just think they they got their guy – I think really the biggest thing that they just need to figure out, like people don't realize, like this wouldn't be this big of a deal if Jordan Poole wasn't like shitting the bed right now. If Jordan Poole could be a bit more consistent, I think this team probably has a few more wins in their column, as well as that the bench would look a lot better because they would have a reliant guy. What's up, Thomas? We got a spammer in the chat. But, yeah, Jamichael Green is a backup center. Um, I think, well, Dante looked really good last night. Kaminga looks really good. I mean, it, I think it is important to note that you know, Wiggins is out. I know the Bucks were without Drew Drew Holiday too, so I don't really put too much stock into the game. In fact, it was a pretty close game. On right at the half, the Bucks went on a 6-0 run in the last like 30 seconds, and before that, it was a six-point game, and the the Dubs were getting back, and um, it just ended pretty poorly. So, I think to me, like you know, I talk about it a lot, but missing guys like Belitza, Gary Payton, JTA, Damian Lee. And the latter, like, do you Porter. think Damian Lee and Otto Porter and Gary Payton are the biggest losses out of all those guys? Well, they're, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're huge losses because they each bring something to the table. And I, I think Dante and Jamichael are playing good enough basketball, especially last night. Yeah, Jamichael uh, just can't, Dante, his but three point shot isn't hit falling yet. But it's just, it, it's like two versus five. Like, they had five guys who could all chip in last year, and now they only have like two vets. Um, well, right now their best two players are Curry and Wiggins. Like that's not, and then Clay Thompson has. No, I'm, I mean off the bench. Oh, off the bench. Like yeah, I think right like, now we missed all those five guys. They have their four guys and Thompson, Green, Wiggins, and Curry. I'm not worried about that. And five guys, including Looney, and then Jordan Poole. And some nights you have him. 
But then, like, right here, this is where I look at this team. I'm like, they actually have a bench right here. Listen to this bench. Curry – I mean, not bench, but the, the, the team. Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, Looney. That's your starting five. Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kaminga, Anthony Lamb, and Jamichael Green. Right there, you don't have to go that deep, but right there you have a nine to ten man rotation. I've been wrong about Anthony Lamb so far this season. He did slip up a little bit. He had some nice threes last night, but I don't I can't put stock into Anthony Lamb being a valuable championship role player for the dubs until we're at least halfway through the season. That would benefit from calling up the Pistons for like Corey Joseph or calling up a team for like a, a backup point guard, someone who's on a cheap deal, like a bet. Yeah, I just don't know how like they say they'd have to trade somebody. They'd have to trade somebody they don't want to trade, which I've been saying you got to do. Do you go out oh, and get DJ just... Augustine? I, they would have signed a vet already if they cared to get a I like Quinn Cook. Guard. Quinn Cook's been in the system. He dropped 50 something. In the I'm CBA saying no, I got not another shooting point guard. I want a passing Quinn point Cook. Quinn Cook isn't guard. a shooting point guard. No, Quinn Cook is a shooting point guard. Quinn Cook doesn't pass like Quinn Cook's not like a like a huge like nothing against Quinn Cook, great basketball player, one of the best in the world. But we're not going to sit here and be like Quinn Cook's like dropping dimes. Like the guy's career high in assists is two and a half a game and twenty two point four minutes a night for the the Warriors. So I'll Quinn be Cook's honest. Perfect. I think a good player, you know, oddly enough, Chris Dunn. That defense. Mm, couldn't Sean uh, Sean Livingston couldn't. Yeah, he was good for that defense and rebounding. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want they need a guy who can come off the bench 15 minutes a night, like Rajon Rondo. Okay, obviously not Rajon Rondo, but like that defense and passing. Give me 15 minutes of that. And yeah, I don't, I don't really have an issue with the Warriors' defense. I think they're first off they're getting to the free throw line at no percent at all, like in any way, shape, or form. It's the third worst in franchise history for them. And that is a huge – I mean, you're losing like eight points a night there. They also are giving up the most free throws. So, I mean, you're you're missing like possibly even double digits. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too worried. It looks kind of like Golden State last year when – I know they got off to that historic start and it was, you know, looking crazy. They were like 20 and 4 or something, 20 and 2, something like that. Uh, Golden State might have. Continue, sorry. Once their guys started getting injured, you know, they lost like seven to eight. They lost four straight right before the playoffs. Um, they're, yeah, I don't. We're until also we forgetting get something. To, until we get to February, I'm not really going to pack. I was about I'm to say that. Pack at all. 10 day contracts start in January. There you go. And people forget how important 10 day contracts are because I think you, what is it, two or three 10 day contracts or three or four? I think it's th- three something you can only have a certain amount of 10-day contracts and then they have to make a decision either to sign you for the rest of the year as a two-way player or a minimum non-guaranteed contract and i could see this the the warriors be a team that looks at eric bledsoe you know i know he's coming off uh, i don't know he's coming off that achilles injury dj augustine i don't i mean he's a good three-point shooter who still has some quickness and playmaking chop but i think they want someone defensive like i doubt they bring in like a rajon rondo especially with like a draymond green there but like really like done i would have loved to see composer there but alfred payton he's been in the system before 
He's been in the system before. Didn't Alfred Payne spend what? Every one player year? naming cannot shoot the three ball. <laughs> but Sean Livingston didn't, dude. The thing is, is I'm talking about don't the fact Sean that they Livingston. don't they don't need another. They need a guy who can come in for literally ten minutes a night, put the rock on the floor, and literally run an offense when Curry is off the floor, and then have Pool play off of him. Then why didn't they need that last year? Because they had, like, first off, Draymond Green was having a great passing year, but they had Nemi Abelisa. People forget how great of a passer he was. That was, like, Dante one of the things. Dante could pass. pass. But you also had Gary Payne the second, another guard. So, like, it's not even a ball-dominant point guard, Jose Guzman. It's, I'm, I it's guess, exactly what you want. <laughs> I just want to pass. Like, I want, like, a Trey Jones or, like, a Tyus Jones. Who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to? I know who doesn't want that, but I just want a guy who can come off and you know give me like five assists and like if, a few points. If the Warriors didn't win the championship last year, I'd I'd be like, yeah, sure, but they did it with Jordan Poole as a backup pointer. So I don't like Jordan Poole's body language this year at all. Not you think it's because he got paid? No, I think he might just be a motherfucker, but. Hey, you were on the Jordan Poole camp. I like I he's one hell of a scorer. It's better to pay him than not to pay him and lose him. So uh, I don't mean to go switch on a dime right here, but the Hornets announced, I believe, is it official that he's playing tonight? I don't know. I, they, I think he's making his return tonight. Lamelo is returning because he sprained his ankle to start the season, then sprained it again after a few games. And Look, we've talked about this before. At this point, what do you think LaMelo Ball – like, I, I, I'm i not even – LaMelo Ball is a generational talent. He's fantastic. But w- what's the plan at this point? First off, Kai Jones and the limited runs we're starting to see with him, guy can play, okay? But LaMelo's out here. I think they need – he needs – they need to do what the Pelicans did and try to surround – Lamella with the talent. Thoughts? Definitely. I don't know what the hell to do with the Hornets. I would, I would tank the whole year. I would tank this year. This is the last year you could get away with it. You tell Lamella, look, you haven't been healthy. Rough start. Literally, Steve Clifford is here to is that as like a a seat warmer for an actual coach we can go and get in the offseason that won't flake on us. And we'll get a really good draft pick that either a we can get someone like Scoot Henderson or you know Cam Whitmore or uh, Amen Thompson who's literally looking like a more athletic Ben Simmons, and you you either do that or you use that pick package either Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward and you go out and you get one of these alleged guys who are going to become available this offseason and you try to build a team around Lamelo and. I don't know who could be your Brandon Ingram. I don't – I think it's easier because you don't want to trade Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier with a pick or whatever for more vets. You want a guy who's maybe like a DeJounte Murray caliber player if you're doing a move like that, sort of like how the Hawks did this offseason. And you look around the NBA, I don't know out of those players who would become available, but – Lamelo, what do you think's the goal for this season? Obviously, he's a guy that on the year he's played three games. The stats don't matter because it's three games, but 
he's a guy that's improved every single year. And he's only 21. He like literally just turned 21 like four months ago. Thoughts? Let me sorry for rambling. I'm not doing anything with Charlotte. I I mean, if a guy like OGN and OB became available, maybe you try and make a push on him or a guy like uh, Miles Turner or DeAndre Ayton, maybe you try and get into these type of situations. I kind of like the aided LaBello ball. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> I thought you were about to pull up. But that doesn't fix the, fix the well, defense because Aiden's not a good defense. You're not center. fixing the defense this year. You're I really like the OG Ananobi. The OG Ananobis, I would, I would really like to see OG Ananobi and yeah. LaMelo Ball because right there, you got two cornerstones right there. And I think OG Ananobi would be the type of guy that you trade for him and he'd just jump up to like a 22 point per game score. And so I would, yeah. Go. I would try and get a cat like that. Like not extremely young, but not old, defensive minded. Because you're not going to fix anything if you're Charlotte this year. But what I do need to see is I do need to see. First off, I'm trading guys like I'm trading Terry Rozier. I'm trading Kelly Oubre. I'm trying to trade Gordon Hayward. I probably have to trade PJ Washington because you got to make a series of moves. Like they're going to have to make a ton of moves, and then I would focus on guys like Book Knight. Uh, Nick Richards, maybe even DSJ, Jalen McDaniels for sure, Kai Jones as you were talking to, JT Thor, and I'd probably – Bryce uh, Newby, I would try and see who's going to be a part of us long run, who can help us get to where we want to go while shipping away these veteran players. Like, I mean, you never That's know. what this maybe season can... needs to be about. Figuring yeah. out who on this roster isn't going to get traded. First off, Trey Kelly Oubre and Mason Plumley Because Oubre's having – career year right now but he's an expiring contract i mean unless yeah, exactly, he verbally yeah. if unless he verbally commits hey i'll resign for like 12 a year for over five years or four years oh fuck yeah i'll take that give me yeah i'll, I'll do that for you uber uber but if he's like yeah. now nah, i want like 20 a year okay let's let's move on from you before the deadline mason Plumley, as much as my girlfriend loves him it's his it's her favorite player welcome uh you That's know try player. to match no people will want him but like cody, cody martin for the future Okay, P.J. Washington, another guy. Are you going to pay him or are you going to let him walk in free agency? He's another guy you should look at. But we need to see if Mark Williams – I saw Kai Jones. He stole a ball and then went freaking coast-to-coast basically after he stole the ball. And so we need to see if Kai Jones, Mark Williams, James Booknight, Jalen McDaniels, Nick Richards has shown flashes. Okay, J.T. Thor, Teo Maladon has even showed flashes. Like who here can come over and be part of the next year's roster? So if they make a big splash – because if you're looking at salaries out here – Who's a player that could be available that has a big salary? You know, there's people. There's people out there that they can maybe, you know, it, what if Carl Anthony Towns does become available? Mm. That's, that's a big thing they could make a splash for. Okay. What if Kyle Kuzma on free agency, they want to clear cap space to go sign? That's a deal I, I also think could really benefit them. Or there's other deals out there that, you know, we know Denver's not fully sold on Michael Porter Jr. And they could also – Maybe sweep in and take Michael Porter Jr. out there if they give him a good enough package. Okay, there's deals out there that I think they can come in and sweep a player from a team. Like Julius yeah. Randle. They'd have to – I wouldn't even be surprised if they were to give up Terry Rozier for – Oh, I say um, Terry Rozier. Trade that, him well, he's got to be traded because he's on a horrible – or it not maybe horrible. isn't a horrible – it's going to be horrible for them where they're trying to get to is what I mean. Gotta, yeah. I got to pay him over almost $25 million for the next four years. I this team needs – On a team option too. To find that a helps. backup point guard and then get like five wings. Oh, this team just needs to be the most like – kind of do what like the Pacers are doing 
or you know like the Raptors just be this long two-way team in transition that you can beat people and I think that'll that'll help you in the long term yeah I would I would focus on accumulation to make a big time splash like if you were to actually give up Terry Rozier for Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn in that first like if they got desperate enough or whatever the money would work and you're able to trade away Terry Rozier and somebody else whatever happens like you use that Lakers pick as What's up, Josh? You use that pick and double J as you know to get that guy like Cyril was talking about, OG and LB, Carnate Towns, whatever happens. I don't know how the hell you fix Charlotte, but I know with Lamelo, you you don't have all the time in the world. So, and especially when these cats are on rookie contracts, it makes it all that much more like, all right, we got to figure this stuff out right now. Like, I would start to unload. I would get on. I would get back on track next year, similarly to what Indiana's doing. Then he's got that player option last year, like because you're gonna have to pay Lamelo Ball soon, or he's gonna want to get out. Whatever the case may be, so. Oh no, they're seven and twenty. I don't think Lamelo Ball is gonna help them out win that much. What if they lost six straight, five straight? Yeah. They'll, they'll be just fine. They'll get the top five pick. Uh, yeah. I think this is the last year you get with the down with the top five pick, and this is just something that, like, I think when you look at this team. A top five pick, look at what the Boston Celtics were able to do by having a top five pick. They're able to, you know, either leverage it in certain situations. And I think right here, being able, Gordon Hayward's contract could be a blessing in disguise. Okay. All the good players are on big money contracts over $30 million a year. What if Zach Levine becomes available? I, I'm not saying Zach Levine puts you over the edge, but if you could get Zach Levine and you just have to attach a, a pick with you know gordon hayward or somebody i know that's not obviously but if that picks like a top five pick that's what i'm saying the bulls or the hornets the hornets if they get a top five pick oh oh, oh yeah 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 i see you get the fifth overall pick gordon hayward and i'll give you like james book knight in the fifth overall pick for zach levine would you do that deal um shout out to everyone right now it, it, it'll be interesting to see. This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2016, and I think it's been very clear they've been stuck in, like, 36 wins, 36 wins, 39 wins, 23 wins, 33, 43. You can't do that this year. You cannot win 30 games if you're the Charlotte Hornets to me because, like, I just saw a tweet about 2002. My Chicago Bulls won, I think, 30 games that year and or 27 or something like that, and we missed out on Bosh, Mello, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We ended up drafting, you know, Captain Kirk and uh, forget the other guy. But like, I, I think, I think, do a season like Indiana. Just I just completely lose. Yeah, like Indiana, they did. Like, they're a team that lose. But for me, what I'm thinking right here, two years ago, before last season, the season that they hired Willie Green, we before he even got the the extension. There was rumors that Zion was oh fuck. The way out. Sorry, my my dog's getting a cut. But no, so there was rumors that Zion wanted out because he wasn't fully sold on the Pelicans like organization that they were trying to were maximizing his window. And he forced the Pelicans' hand that led to the C.J. McCollum deal that led to the Jonas Valanciunas deal and several other deals, Larry Nance. And people overlooked this. And that all led to because Zion slowly leaked to the media that, like, he wouldn't sign the Supermax. 
no matter how much money they gave him, if they don't improve this team and maximize around him, he wouldn't sign them out. They could give him all the money in the world. He'd be like, he's like, I'll make up for it in endorsements. So this is something that they should look at with LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball should force the Hornets' hands and be like, look, you got a generational talent in LaMelo Ball. And right now he's injured. So this is the last season that you could go to LaMelo and be like, look, we're going to run it with the young guys, okay? See who's actually worth what we talked about earlier for the future. And then Gordon Hayward, I know in, in your mind, you're like, that's a terrible contract. But what if you look at it and you say, oh, shit, no, this is a great salary filler. And you either go out and get a superstar for him or, yeah, let's literally, and then you use Terry Rozier to get like multiple players like a Josh Richardson and, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think you'd get Jacoperto, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, things like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you never know. I think Shea's going to do the same thing that, that Zion did, and Lamelo will shortly follow out. Luke is going to do the same thing too. You just got to force their hands. Yeah. Uh, like when you so, have your when you I don't know why teams don't understand when you have your championship player, you, the draft doesn't matter. It just it simply doesn't matter. Maybe maybe Lamelo's does if you get a the third pick or if you get Vic or you get Scoot. Like maybe that's completely different, but that's the that, that's the outlier. Like when you have your championship franchise player that you know you can like realistically win regardless of who's on your team for the next ten years or be a good team because he's that good. Like just your draft picks don't matter. It, they do not matter. Unless you want to take a route like Boston and just continuously or Golden State and just continuously perfectly draft but given charlotte's track record recently i wouldn't put too much stock into that could you imagine charlotte right now if they if lamella ball was uh, properly picked at for the golden state warriors they have james wiseman <laughs> it'd be a shit show it'd be interesting <laughs> to see they got lucky right there all right now i wanted to talk about real quickly this will be a small segment for us but our dark horse contenders for this year, I'm Who's your dark horse contender. Okay, the teams that I'm excluding from dark horse contenders are teams that are leading the conference or have won the championship. So, like Bucks, Ooh. Warriors, we're taking out, we're taking out, I would say the Celtics and the Heat, Suns, Suns, Grizzlies. I don't think the yeah, I don't think the Heat. I think maybe the I think the only one should be Celtics, Bucks, um, Suns. I and the list Golden State. Did I say Golden State? I think the list you didn't say Golden State. Yeah, so mine is the Portland Trailblazers. I think Portland Trailblazers, if fully healthy in the playoffs, if Gary Payton actually looks like Gary Payton the second, Justice Winslow, Shaden Sharp off the bench. And there's rumors that they're trying to get Nerlens Noel, and if they can upgrade, nothing against Drew Eubanks, good basketball player, good basketball player. But, oh, now you want to move on to from Drew? Fine. But you tell me, you okay? Okay, no, 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 no. That's like asking, asking someone, do you do you? Are, do the you issue, like no, the issue was not Drew Eubanks. It was you can do better than Drew Eubanks. You that can do better thing. than Drew Eubanks. Yes. There's nothing wrong with Drew Eubanks. But if you tell me I can get Nerlens Noel, a guy who's like actually like one of the top rim protectors in the league when he plays and he's healthy. Yeah. Fuck yes. I'm taking Nerlens Noel and Yosef Nurkic rotation over Yosef Nurkic, Drew Eubanks. Don't get me wrong. Love Drew Eubanks. He's done a great job. They probably will keep him on the roster as the third big man because they like him that much. 
But yeah, I think right here you're looking at I, the Portland Trailblazers. I just think what they've been able to do so far, especially with Damian Lillard being injured and for a majority of the season, I think this is a team that is a threat. And it's because they got the Damian Lillard double and Anthony Simons. And this is a team that's currently, I believe they're what? In the standings, they're in ninth, in not ninth place, but fifth place, my apology. In fifth place, that was bad. Fifth place and... They're really only three games behind from first place. And this is a team that is actually playing really well on the road. They actually have a better record on the road than at home. And it's also just crazy to believe that they're 15 and 12 without Damian Lillard regularly playing. And for me, I think that's the catalyst of all this, that I thought Dame was going to have an MVP season this year because it was his last year. I mean, there's still time for him to just go, like, supernova and do, like, the um, – Dame, Dame will get picked as their all-star. He's – what does he averaging? He's averaging 30-something since he's came back. I just think the only thing that's holding this team back from being legitimate contenders, and this is why they're trying to get a Nerlens Noel, why, and this is why Gary Payton, if he comes back healthy, is going to help so much. They're the eighth best offense in the NBA, but they're the 23rd defense, so they're the seventh worst defense in the NBA. And that's right there, okay? So the thought is if the Gary Payton first, that's going to help you, and then if you can get someone like Nerlens Noel who's going to help protect the rim better than Yosef Nurkic does, that's the whole thought process right there. And I think this is a team that if they can just improve, like they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league, okay? They get to the free – they're like one of the better free-throw shooting teams in the league. And they're in the middle for like rebounding and assists, okay, and scoring. Like it's it, they have the stats right there that show this team can be a contender because they got the starting – they got a core of Simons, Grant, Lillard, Hart, Nurkic. And then you got like the energy from Shaden Sharp off the bench. You got the glue guy in Justice Winslow. Then Naz Little, Keon Johnson. Those guys in Trenton Wofford can do a little bit of everything. It's just adding a little bit more beef to this. And I think they're going to be big players in the, the, the buyout market. Yeah. What's your – so what's your team? I think Shaden Sharp's a stud. Um, I love Jaden Sharp. Well, I think the obvious answer for me is New Orleans. He has quiet down. Jalen Johnson. Shane Sharp has quiet down, like, as much as I. And it's nothing against Shane Sharp. Hmm? He's going to be a stud. Oh, no, he's going to be a stud. But I want to pull up his stats exactly, like, month by month. And if we saw in the, the beginning of the season, he – he was just like dominating. Remember, just coming off the bench, people were like shocked by Shane Sharp. But over the last few games, like his, it, depending on the situation, like he has, he's been having to earn his minutes. Is the best way to put it. Chauncey Billups isn't just giving the the seventh overall pick minutes. And if you look at it, like right now, he's going through a little bit of slump through December. But to start out the season, he was averaging like nine points in eighteen minutes, and then. In the month of November, we saw the guy that he is dropping eight points a night. He's going to give you a little defense, grab a few boards, okay, maybe drop an assist there. But he's primarily going to be pulling up from three and finishing plays as a slasher or, you know, transition or just getting the putback dunk. Energy guy right now. That's the best part. Who's your dark horse? Well, like I was saying, I think New Orleans is an obvious answer, so I won't. 
do New Orleans. You know, my issue with Memphis is they're really good right now. They're a top five defense, actually. They're a great offense. I don't think John Morant can be your best player on the championship team. That's my issue with who said who is said this pundit or what? Is this you being a pundit or is this your genuine thought? What's a pundit mean? Like uh, Stephen A. Smith's a pundit. I don't know what, what that word is. It just uh, means- oh, Jalen Johnson. No, I, I don't think Cleveland can be a, a – I don't think they're quite there yet because Darius Garland can't be – or, sorry, uh, Donovan Mitchell cannot be my best player on a championship team as talented of a scorer as he is. And he's playing much improved defense. I think I for me, Nicole Jokic, defensive liability, I think for me personally, it's a coin flip between Brooklyn and, and Los Angeles. And I would actually say if I had to make a dark horse NBA finals, it would be that. I think the Clippers – I don't give a damn what their regular season looks like because if Kawhi Leonard so is healthy, Clippers or Nets, I choose both, but I'll go Brooklyn Nets. My thing with the Clippers is Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they're starting to ramp him up, and you can tell how good he is. He isn't. I mean, he's still one of the best players in the league when he's healthy, and if they can just be healthy into the playoffs, they'll be just fine. With Brooklyn. I think Ben Simmons really is a, a X factor as far as winning a championship goes. I saw Jacques Vaughn say that he their minutes were probably a little too high with Ben in that injury. So I think Ben's going to be a – I think they're going to monitor and limit him for the time being up until probably the second half of the season. But um, when I mean, you, you have – I'm sorry. This is a star-driven league. You need to have a superstar in the NBA Finals. I don't care what you tell me. You need to have a superstar in the NBA Finals. If you want to win a championship, you have to have a superstar. It's a superstar-driven league. So when I look at Brooklyn, they, not only do they have a really solid bundle of role players, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving – Doesn't take days off. It's just – I mean, KD – See Kawhi Leonard resting? Nothing against resting, but you got Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers resting, guys, and that's part I'm of fine with the record. No, it's fine. It's fine because they're going for the playoffs. But – Kevin Durant, night guy blew his Achilles, and he's night in and night out, just and fucking that, dropping 30, playing like an MVP. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. Clippers were our uh, all preseason. I drank the Clippers Kool-Aid. Like, I'll be the first to admit, I, I was so pro-Clippers. This was a pro-Clippers championship show. Yeah. I think they were, like, a, my my pick. And, yeah, I had not wanted the power rankings. Yeah, we had them won, so – Clippers, yeah, that's a great dark horse that I didn't even think about. But... I think they're a dark horse, Thomas, because of – I mean, they only recently got going. They were not well, good. Buzzer, they're yeah. actually still one of the worst offenses in the NBA. But I think that win over Boston was a very big uh, – and even Kawhi. I, I think that was just a big, like, all right, we, we actually haven't gone anywhere and we're, like, doing all this with limited playing – time i guess but Kawhi going 10 of 12 for 25 9 and 6 like that's what you get and dude their bench is so goddamn deep man they're literally so freaking deep it is pretty crazy to think about how deep that bench and is. It, i to my recollection paul isn't even back so like they're just such a deep basketball team it is crazy it really we'll is. see we'll see how it all goes down i I have the Clippers in front of the Nets in this conversation due to the fact that unless the Nets – I just feel like there's a move right there for Joe Harris. I don't know who it is, but there's – maybe not even Joe Harris, but there's a move out there for somebody. 
that I feel like the Nets, if they go out and get somebody, like I'm not saying Jay Crowder, or, but like a Jared Vanderbilt. Imagine if they could get like Jared Vanderbilt. Dude, Jared is an absolute. Imagine Jared Vanderbilt back. grabbing rebounds for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then Kyrie running pick and rolls with J- uh, V8. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's fine. But here, I wanted to talk about another guy, and really it's a team and a guy, but everyone's crowning Russell Westbrook as the sixth man of the year. And I made a video today talking about – He's an all-star too. Do you know what Bobby Portis' stats are? He's averaging 14 and 10 in 25 minutes a night. Over the yeah. last 10 games, he's, like, averaging 15 and 10. Yeah, he's shooting 31% from three. But the guy is averaging, I think it's, like, per 36, it's, like, 18 and 15. I don't care about per 36. I know, but, like, Bobby Portis is literally the most just dominant offensive big man. Like a microwave off the bench. He's, so he's, one of the he's most... a nice energy guy, too. Yeah, and... He tries on defense. I'm not saying he's a great defender, but he tries at this point. He tries. Dude, he's 6'10", 250. I just – the Milwaukee Bucks, it feels like they've had the same, like, core guys for, like, five years now. But Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brooke Lopez, and Bobby Portis have been the mainstay. But Javon Carter – Oh, my God. He's so important to this team. Javon Carter is, he's like so – is the new Pat Bev in this league that people respect. Like, Javon Carter... He's a a non-annoying Pat Bev. (laughs) But he is annoying. He's, like, so pesky. Like, Javon Carter's bald head is in the opposing's best guard all game. Like, or second best guard. I don't view Javon Carter as a motherfucker like I do. It's because he's silent. Like, he's silent. Like, Mr. Miyagi. He's not arrogant. How's that? That's good, yeah. I mean, he came out of West Virginia. He was a... Chip on the shoulder, you know, steel lunch pail guy. He was an older you know, cat, and no one really Javon Carter because of his age. You know what Javon Carter is? He's a blue Superstar. collar guy. Blue yeah, collar. Like He's a blue collar guy. That's why Javon Carter's like he does. He puts his head down and he goes to work. Some nights he drops twenty. Some nights he goes zero for ten. Okay, but has like two steals and a few assists, and literally ends with a plus thirty and the uh, plus minus. Yeah. So. And there think, you like, know, are some nights where he drops 40. Yeah, and <laughs> it's crazy to think about this team. Like, they're, like, thinking about trading Grayson Allen, who hasn't been terrible for them, for Jay Crowder, oh. which is, like, that's an immediate upgrade. They have Marjan Beauchamp in the background. So, same thing with Jordan Wara. They got Pat Connington. You know, they yeah, still are bad. holding on to George Hill. But, like, you think right there, they got I George Hill and Grayson Hill. Allen uh, and Serge Ibaka, three players that you could arguably say be, you know, potential salaries for a move that they can make at the deadline. I just I, think I don't think they will. Up. Get what you're saying. And don't forget about my cap, Wesley Matthews. Oh, Wesley Matthews is another guy who's indispensable for this team. Indispensable. So, you know, he went to Marquette. He's like a Milwaukee guy. Like he like is like taking yeah. basically like the least amount of money for like the last two years to be on this team because like this is what he's wanted. Like he's wanted to yeah. play for the Bucks. Like this is like a lot like this means like more than anything in the world and like you can tell like he's literally so passionate so they're just a great team i mean their offense will figure it out soon chris milton's been back for i believe five games and i think pat's been back for five or six as well maybe at six for both of them but 
these are two. I mean, they were still one of the best in the East without them. Uh, Chris Middleton's their closer, so that should terrify teams. They just put a beating on Golden State without, with like still limited Pat and Chris and Drew Holiday was out. And I just saw the defensive player of the year ladder at Brooke Lopez is number one. So, yeah. So I, the Bucks. First off, people, people were like not realizing this surgery Brooke Lopez had for his back made you know gave him two years back in his like athleticism. Brooke Lopez, not saying that he was washed or anything, but for the last two years, he lumbered, like literally the definition of lumbered up and down the court. Like you could tell he was in pain. And this year, you you can tell whatever surgery or procedure he had last year that made him miss almost the entirety of the year. He came back at the end of it. Really, and then having this offseason to, you know, continue the rehab and work on it. Brooke Lopez has refound himself. People forget this guy was like a top pick in back in what, like 08, 07 or whatever it was. Like Brooke Lopez was one of the 20-point scoring big men in the league. And it's great to see him. He's a great story right now. And he's averaging 14.5 points, 40% from three. Okay, three blocks a night. Brooke Lopez, if there's a comeback player of the year award that they should, they should do that, they should have a most improved and then comeback player of the year like the NFL does. Brooke Lopez is up there, Mr. Ten overall in 08. Ten overall. But yeah, this is a great team. Great team right here. I don't now, think the NFL is a comeback player of the year award. Yeah. Alex Smith won it. Uh Brett Favre won it, I believe. Uh, I think Tate Manning won it. Fascinating. Um You didn't know that? Fascinating award. Yeah, it's comeback player. Geno Smith like, is He'll probably win it this year. Yeah, that, he should win it. Dude, I, that's such a cool award of the hell. You didn't know that? Joe Burrow last year. He was last year's? Yeah, Alex Smith a couple years ago. Tannehill, Andrew Luck, Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson. Yeah, it's cool. I did not know it existed. That is very cool. It's a Chad really Pennington, cool. anyone in the chat remember? Do you remember Chad Pennington? I love Chad Pennington. <laughs> Chad Pennington. That he's, guy won, he's like one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah, he's dope. I have several of his football cards. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Chad Pennington's the fucking goat. I love Chad Pennington. As a guy who had a noodle arm, I respect the hell out of Chad Pennington. Now let's talk about this team. The Utah Jazz, they're a hard team to, to crack, okay? Some nights they look like legit, and then other nights, you know. Last night? They down the second best team in the Western Conference. The best team so, in the Western Conference. They're currently the eighth seed, and they're well. They're tied for the eighth, seventh seed. They're a playing team right now, but they're basically within. They're really just tied up with the Suns, Trailblazers, Clippers, Kings. So they literally are in the play-in playoff mix right now, quarter way through the, the season. And this is a team that I don't know if one like literally we're gonna wake up one morning and Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharani are gonna be racing each other for like announcing trades, or yeah. this is a team that's gonna be like you know, not make any moves except maybe they trade the young guy, a few young guys or something. <laughs> I, really the only guy I could see being traded at this point. I don't want to say I, I could see them moving on from Taylor Horn Tucker, but I don't I think he's like literally nobody would want him. Besides I want him. that I want him on the Rudy Rockets. Gay seems like a buyout guy. If someone wants to take Ozimbuki of Balmaro, yeah. They could do that. I doubt it, you know. And Get some plenty of time for Oche. Malik Beasley and Olenek. Are yeah, I think Malik too. Beasley could be a guy on the move. 
But this is a team right now, their stats for the season so far, they are the fifth best three-point shooting team in the league. They're the eighth best in field goal percentage, 10th in field goal attempts. They're the eighth best uh, two-point field goal percentage. They don't, they're not really that – they're the eighth worst free throw – you know, getting to the free throw line, but they're yeah. the 11th best re- rebounding team, ninth best offensive rebounding team, eighth best in assists, 15th in steal, 13th in blocks. And right now they are an offensive rating of the fourth best offensive rating in the league. And they're the sixth worst defense in the league, but they are, they have the ninth best net rating because they score 117 points, which is a nice is that good? points. Yeah. Second best in the league, <laughs> but they give up 115th, which is ninth worst in the league. So they're beating teams because they just outscore the fuck out team player. Like literally look at this. They have like six dudes scoring double digits. Lowry with 22 a night, Jordan Clarkson with 20 a night. 14 from Sexton, 14 from Beasley, 13 from Olenek, 10.5 from Conley. Then you're getting, you know, almost 8.8 from Vanderbilt, 7.5 from Horton Tucker. Then Nikhil Alexander, who, like, low-key started to come alive for them the last few games is like a combo guard, you know. Yeah, I like him. And then you got Mr. Block Party, Walker Kessler. He's so critical to this team, dude. I cannot begin to tell you. I watched that Pelly's game last night, which it was such an impressive victory, but I know they're without Brandon Ingram. This team lost Mike Conley for nine games, and you were thinking maybe this would be the end of this magnificent run that they're on, and it was not. And it's just very cool to see Laurie Markinen take that next step. Guys like Kelly Olenek are it's, – so, it's so important. I don't actually think Danny Ainge is going to blow it up at this point. I don't think that they're – you think they're, they're legit? I think, well, no, I think the best the they can do is the sixth seed. I think they're a playing team just because their defense is going to falter unless they make some type of magical move. But I don't know, man. I don't think they're going to blow it up because they have a shit ton of assets still. Like, they kind of have everything. All they really need now is a franchise I don't think play. they may, Yeah, I agree. I don't. This is the type of team that I think they're going to run it out Unless like somebody really wants Malik Beasley and they for Mike Conley or Kelly Olynyk, if someone forces yeah. their hands, I think this is a team where like someone goes over here, take you know basically Kelly Olynyk, take Malik Beasley from us. I don't see them making a move. The only move I see this team making again is like Leandro Balamaro or Ozimbuki, the guys that they decline their options. If there's someone gives them, hey, we'll give you a second round pick or cast considerations, and you know it's some like the Spurs or you know, the Rockets, and they're just, like, running these guys out for the rest of the season to see if they want to do, like, what happened to Jalen Smith last year. And I think Utah is a team that they run out with this core roster for the season, and I think they'll look a little bit different. They're figuring out which guys are for the future and which guys aren't, like Lowry and Jordan Clarkson seem like for the future, and Colin Sexton as well. But I think one thing that this is a team that on draft night, they could be a team that, like, this is super, super in a vacuum. I'm a Washington Wizards fan. This would never happen. But let's say they're like, okay, hey, what if we package Sexton and, you know, I, I think Kelly Olenek has another year on his deal or his Ke- Kelly might be an expiring. But, you know, we'll package Sexton, Beasley, and Bando and any pick that wasn't ours for Bradley Beal. I you know, wouldn't be then, surprised in the slightest. And you know what would be even crazier, too, that I'm not really thinking about? So they don't have their own first-round pick next year. I think it would be fat. They do this year. They have three first-round picks this year. 
which I think and Minnesota's not looking great. I would not be surprised if they had a top pick, like a top 10. I think actually it might even be in their best interest to continue doing what they're doing. And then once all-star break hits, they kind of phase out the vets just so you have a higher draft pick. Cause dude, if you look at their list of first round picks, it goes on and on and on and on and on. That's the point of having all those. If you're ready to kind of start to contend soon. So say like you're saying, say they have a top five pick and you have all these first round picks, you have several first round picks this year. And yeah, you get a guy like Bradley Beal. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I like because next that. year they don't have that own pick, so I think that's an extremely slept on thing. Is it's probably not even in Utah's best interest to continue this run because they have their own pick this year and they don't next year. So find the guys you like, phase out the vets, trade the vets, get those get those Jared Vanderbilts. Dude, I watched that game last night. It's insane the amount of impact Jared Vanderbilt has. It is so crazy because it does not show up on the stat sheet. So that's what I'm saying. And like obviously Bradley Beal, that wouldn't happen because he has a no trade clause, and he would obviously say fuck it's, no. It's a good example. To Utah. Yeah. But it was just an example of a player who's on a big ass contract that they because next year their highest paid player is Mike Conley on twenty four point three, so they might be in they're like oh maybe we just keep this guy till the draft and we trade him. Colin Sexton makes seventeen point three next year. He's the second highest played player. Their third highest is Lowry Market next year at seventeen point two. Then there's a team option on Malik Beasley for sixteen point five. Another guy that they might just keep to use as salary filler player option for Jordan Clarkson. Kelly Linux on just, you know, has another year of 12.1. Taylor Horn Ducker has a player option that he'll probably accept. Nikhil Alexander-Walker can get a qualifying offer. Rudy Gay has a player option. And Jared Vanderbilt is has another year on his deal. Ochai, rookie deal. And Simone Fontecchio, another year. And Walker Kessler, rookie deal. So right there, you're looking like you said, all these picks. And if we just look at, like, the top salaries of guys that we're already hearing in the rumor mill and all that, for maybe next year that could possibly move. You know, there were early in the summer, you know, Clay Thompson. There was over here we've heard potentially, you know, Tobias Harris. I don't think he moves the needle, but we've seen Zach Levine be brought up, DeMar DeRozan, okay, Carlton Towns if they can't coexist. And there's also I brought up if Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., have warmed out, you know, worn out their welcome in Denver, or if DeAndre Aiden. Okay, if that's something that's going to happen, or I think there's players out there that they could potentially pry off of teams with the amount of picks that they can offer, or it's not even just one player. They could ask for a package of player. Like they could, they go over to. I'm trying to think what a guy, a team with like multiple. Oh, maybe you know they hit up the, the Orlando Magic, and I know you don't like the Orlando Magic, but I love like, the Orlando. It's my team. But they're state. like, hey. Gary Harris, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross might be on an expiring, but Gary Harris got another year. Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac. We'll like we'll take all those players off your hands. Just get a huge defensive team. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It'll be cool to see. Now we play a game every time to wrap up this show. If you guys, thank you. We had like twenty people watching this stream, so shout out to everyone who's watching this. That was. was you see that? We were hovering around 18, 19 for like half the episode. Yeah, that made you forget about sleep for a little bit. It did. It helped my wake up. They come back alive. Because usually Wednesday's the day there's like one person in here. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing Purtle, guys. If you guys don't know, we play on usually on these days. 
at the end of the stream at the end of the episode because we are a daily show that is live monday through friday at 5 p.m eastern time so be a friend tell a friend like and subscribe we're live on twitch and youtube now but let's get it so right here oh is this tail maldon i hope not looks like matt barn it did look like matt barn <laughs> oh yes. my God. Oh. Can you see this good or is it too small? Yeah. Um make your screen big. If you look at the I'll bottom, go. Right What's Anthony Simons' hair look like these days? He's got like a little fro, Anthony Simons. If you guys want to guess and like put your stuff, there's some stuff. Some skinny Matt Barnes. Um, Thomas, yeah, we were hovering around 20. That's what we need to start doing. Just getting a more concise show. Website's gonna be up. JJ Reddick. Is it Jeremy <laughs> Stohan? Or is it not a West? No, it's a guard. Oh, he's 6'5. Jeremy Stohan's not a guard. I know. He's a younger guard. than 21. <laughs> Who's 6'2? No, JJ's on the. What's he on the Grizz? Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of Danny fucking Green. Sorry, uh, I was texting my girlfriend back. So he's not in the Southwest. He's a who's guard. 6'2. Oh, it's Landry Shamit, dude. Nice. There's not too many six two players. Who the it's, it's a it's a Suns player, dude. It's a Suns player. Did who's six two? Who's six? Who's six five on the Suns? Oh fuck! What am I thinking of? Landry Shamit. That's campaign, then. It has to be campaign. No, campaign's like six three. Is it Ismail Wainwright? What? It's a guard, dude. Who's their guards? Landry Shamet, Cameron Payne. Is that Devin Booker? You're, yep. Devin Booker's, oh, I keep thinking 6'2. It's the earring. It's the earring. Yes. I didn't even see the earring. Hey, the Thomas earring. got it too. Yeah, Thomas gets up. Love you, Thomas. It does look, it, yeah, I wanted to say that earlier, but. All right, guys, that's today's show. I'm going to go finally go to bed. But if you guys did enjoy today's show, be a friend and tell a friend. Like and subscribe. We'll be back here tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So anything else you want to say to the good people? No. All right. Have a good one, buddy. See you tomorrow. Yep.